Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome to the Unplayable Podcast. Uh, my name is Louis Cameron. I'm joined by Josh Schonerfinger, as always. And we've got a very special guest on today, Josh, uh, Matthew Renshaw, who was supposed to be telling us all about how he was going to flay the Australian Test Quicks everywhere during an intra-squad game that was supposed to be beginning tomorrow. Uh, that might not be happening now. Matt, uh, welcome to the program and tell us what the latest is with, uh, with the weather up there. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, the weather has been grim, I believe. We've been away. I've been away from Brisbane for the last week, but apparently it has rained pretty much every day. Um, today has been no different. So I think that, that game has been um, changed a little bit because the the weather, there's probably not much of a chance of a game going on. So I believe that's changed, but yeah, it's um, the weather's winning at the moment. So you've been picked in the Australia A squad and, and obviously that those guys were, were supposed to be involved in this this intra squad that uh, that has now been shifted or moved and we're still trying to get to uh, exactly what's happening there. But um, you still have a, a game next week, that's right? Yeah, we're still playing against the uh, England Lions next week. If if the weather holds out, um, I've, I've had a little look at the radar before and I think there's supposed to be a bit of rain next week as well for... <laughs> for all those games. So hopefully the the weather gods can sort of help us out and we can get some cricket on and, and people can get to that first test and watch as well. What are the indoor nets like up there in Brizzy? Are they pretty good? Yeah, they're pretty good. We, we always have to have good indoor nets up here for the, the stormy, rainy days. Um, they're quite fast. So it'd be interesting to see facing all those quick bowlers. Um, not sure too many people are going to be enjoying that as a, as a batter, but yeah, it should be good fun if we do get a chance to, to do that. We, we, we would uh, like to ask you quite a bit uh, more about, uh, about that stuff coming up, but Matt, but um, given you, you're fresh off a, a ton, it'd be uh, unwise of us not to ask you about your 156 not out off just 109 balls um, in a really good win, obviously more importantly for Queensland. Uh, are you putting it down to the cannon of a bat that I hear you've got at the moment? Yeah, the, the bat did a fair bit of the job. Um, I think for for us, the bowlers did a, a great job anyway. Um, they they managed to claw it back. I think South Australia were none for 160 at one point. Um, then to bowl them out for 270 made our, our job as a, a batting group a lot easier. Um, it would have been a lot, probably a lot different if we had to chase 300 plus or something like that. So, yeah, I think we were, we were just really happy we only had to chase 270 and and thankfully, I had a bit of partnership with Max Bryant. Um, he was really cool, calm, collected out there, which was nice. Um, in his first first game batting at five, I believe. So, yeah, it was nice to have a partnership with him. And, and yeah, it was good fun. You've been down the order for a little while now, but your final 54 runs came off just 18 balls. What are you doing differently, would you say, now that uh, is allowing you to score so freely at the end? Um, probably slogging a lot more, um, <laughs> slogging, but also like 
there's probably a little bit of luck in there. A few balls went just over fielders' heads and, um, yeah, just got a couple of balls in the spot that I was just going pretty hard out at that time. So, yeah, the, the cannon and the batter as well. Um, sort of, I think that was it. Yeah, I've used that the whole of one day comp so far and, yeah, it's just starting to get really good now. So, don't think it's got too much life left in it. Round the wicket, tosses it up. Renshaw lays back on it. Tries to carve it out through the covers and he's reached the rope and he reaches his 13th first-class century in style. Matt Renshaw, 101, not out, with his 12th boundary to go with a maximum. Broad grin. What's your uh, what's your rotation policy with your bats, Matt? Do you kind of get a good one like that and, and maybe keep it on ice for, for the big occasions? So I've got one shield bat at the moment um, and then one one-day bat. Um, I nearly sacked off the shield bat um, last week, but kept it and then got that 100 in, in Townsville. So um, I think the, the career gods respected me for keeping my, that bat. Um, and then I've got a, a one-day bat as well, that, that one I've been using. So try not to use my shield ones in the one-days because they can just break real quickly. And, and to get a bat to shield, like the shield quality that you need, is um, takes a little bit of time. That's really interesting. What, yeah, t- tell me what the differences are between between the quality. Um, the the one day one's a little bit longer in the handle. Um, I don't. I, I it broke actually. That one broke. Um, the handle broke in the off season. I sent it back, and it came back with a little longer handle, which um, just seemed to be fit re- the bat really nicely. I'm not one of those who's who's like Marnus and needs the bat specs to be exactly perfect all the time. Um, <laughs> As long as it picks up nice, that's the main thing. Um, and the shield one, it's got a few surface cracks down the middle. Um, makes it feel really nice and a um, bit, bit nicer on the red ball, whereas white ball, you want it really hard and firm, whereas I feel like the red ball, you need it soft. And are the same weight as well? I think so. Um, I'm not, I, don't, I don't weigh them. Um, I couldn't tell you what weight they are. Um, Granny, just send me them and... They seem to do the right job, um, but yeah, I think I think they're all around the same weight. Some of them pick up a little bit differently, and um, those are probably ones that I I don't use. Just using them in the nets, um, but big bash is the worst time because you can just break break a couple and then you're you're down. I think last year I used I broke two bats in one day, um, and then I was down to one bat. I was like, if I break one in this big bash game, I'm gonna have to go to Someone else who uses Grey Nick. Um, so I'm thankful that they didn't, they don't break, but I made sure this year I ordered a couple more before Big Bash in case I break them. Matt, uh, Queensland cricket at the moment seems to, to really be flying. Um, you know, it, it seems as strong as, as ever. Um, is it fair to say you've got a lot of hungry kind of players? Uh, you know, when you think about the makeup of the team, obviously you've, you've got Marnus in there who's, you know, a really established international player, but. Um, when you think of yourself, Mitch Swepson, Uzi Kwaja, um, Michael Nisa, some of these guys, there's a lot of guys, you know, who are on the fringe of the national team and are, and are very good domestic performers. Do you get a real sense of of some hunger there? Yeah, definitely. I think um, we noticed it a little bit when, when teams uh, succeed, then you get a few more people around those Australian squads and, having the batting lineup that we have um, at the moment and when our, all our bowls are fully fit and there, it's 
um, quite an enjoyable team to be a part of. Um, last year was a really great season for us. We had all all our batters clicking and um, our bowlers were taking wickets. Um, this season we've, we've obviously had a couple more injuries and, and guys being away. Like, but I think the, the bowling attack this year has, has done really well considering who we're missing. I think Matt Kuhneman coming into the side and, and doing so well in both formats after sort of just sitting on the sidelines watching Mitch Swepson. Uh, he's been he's been great and being able to sort of stand there at silly point for a lot of the time and watch him bowl has been um, quite fun and he's quite an entertaining character as well. And Garinda Sandu's been another of the bowling attack who's been really good this season. Took his second hat-trick in list day cricket. Have you been surprised by how well he's done this season? Uh, I, I wouldn't say I was surprised. Um Played against him a little bit when he played for Tasmania and New South Wales, and and we all knew what type of bowler he was. I think in the past he's just been a little bit unlucky with injuries, um, getting losing his opportunities. But he worked so hard to move up to Brisbane with nothing, um, and and finally get a game, and then do so well for us has been really great to see, and and it just proves how hard he's worked, and and to get back to the success that he probably feels he's. He should have been out for a while. Um, it's been really exciting to see. We know how much um, last year's uh, Sheffield Shield, last season, I should say, last season's Sheffield Shield success meant to you, but um, it might have meant even more to you than than others. Uh, is it true that you've got a piece of turf from Allen Border Field in your, in your backyard? Uh, not just a piece of turf. Um, I made the really smart decision to rip up my whole turf and put all the AB... Well, not all of AB, all of my grass is now AB field. Um, when they were doing the redevelopments, I sort of joked around with the groundsmen saying, oh, what are you doing with the turf? I'll take it. And they're like, okay, then. So I think after, uh, I, I, I think it took four days where we ripped it all up. It, I would never do it again. It was the most strenuous four days I've ever had. As in you were <laughs> ripping up the turf at AB field or is this is your own backyard? A bit of both. So I was ripping up my own backyard. Um and had to get all that out, um, but was we had nowhere to put it. So it was just sort of we we tried loads of different techniques to get the dirt to level it out, and then we were going to AB Field um, and getting dirt uh, grass, bringing it back in a little ute. And then <laughs> the best moment I had was we were on a Saturday night. I think we needed maybe like seven or eight more pieces of turf. We we didn't we're nearly done, and it was a Saturday night I think, and we're just all ready to be done with it. So we went down to AB, it was sort of seven o'clock at night. They drove the ute out, out, out there and the um, the engine, uh, the sorry, the battery died on it. So I'm, I'm sitting there in the middle of AB with a couple of mates going, the battery's died. I literally start going across to Brothers and uh, thankfully there was a game on over there and a couple of um, country kids had uh, jumper leads in the back of their car. So <laughs> driven over everyone was so confused like what are you doing here i was like i just need help something my car please um, can you help me out so got that sorted and then brought brought the turf back but yeah that was a uh, probably the most entertaining part of the whole process i presume brothers is the rugby ground next to ab field yeah brothers the rugby yeah. ground and and this all happened at night time is that what you're saying yeah it was about eight o'clock <laughs> So they were, they were all, a couple of them, all, all the first grade boys, I think we all had a couple of beers. And like, what are, what are they doing? Like, why are there lights over there? And yeah. So that was, that was interesting. 
Obviously, your work hasn't gone unnoticed though, because I noticed on your Instagram page, you know, there's a few lawn care products that you might be spruiking as well. So, how's that come about? Um, oh, I just um, I bought bought some lawn pride products and thought they were pretty good, and and then I, I messaged them and just said, "Hey guys, um, do you want to <laughs> do to have a little partnership or something like that?" And and they were happy to. Um, so I had the one of the main guys come out and have a look at my lawn and and see what we thought we needed to do. Um, they're still a little far away from where I'd like it. I think it needs a, another top dress and a sort of level it out. But yeah, it, I, I took, I got back from, from South Australia yesterday and mowed it probably within an hour, um, of getting home. So it's so one of the most important things to do when you get home is to mow the lawn. What does your lovely wife make of all this, mate? Uh, she loves it. I think right, right, she, okay. she's very like caring when it comes to the law and she'll, she'll come out. Um, thankfully I'm already, I always start the mowing at the front. So by the time I get to the back, the dog poo's all been picked up, just miraculously <laughs> been picked up. So, um, but then she'll walk around with her bare feet and just like point at me at the ground. And I'm always <laughs> like, what? And she's like, this is my favorite part. So she's got her like little favorite parts in each of the areas. And, and, but, yeah, it keeps me keeps me occupied, and I think the dog loves it as well because he gets nice grass to sit on. The moment, and till then, Matthew Renshaw, you'll get a couple at least down the ground, and he's rested control back Queensland's way in this match, and he's got his first ever Marsh Cup central. Um, so just back to the cricket, we did notice in the Shield match against South Australia an interesting moment uh, with you and Jake Weatherold. Can you just talk us through what sort of transpired there? Um, so I, I was running between overs, obviously trying to keep the over rate up. Um, we didn't want to go too far behind and I was leaving the helmet, um, on the pitch for Bryce street, who was feeling at Shaw Lake to, uh, pick up. And all of a sudden I look over and the helmet's 35 meters away and Jake's limping a little bit. So, uh, it was all in good fun. We were just trying to get in his head a little bit and yeah, he sort of, sort of snapped and kicked it. And then it was sort of, Oh, everyone wasn't expecting it to happen. So, uh, it was all good fun. I had a lot of people messaging me saying, um, that Jake owes me a new helmet, but it wasn't even my helmet. It was Streety. So I think Jake owes Streety a new helmet. Poor, uh, poor Bryce straight. Is the, is the helmet unusable? Uh, no, it still works. Um, right, I think right. he got it fairly in the centre. Uh, it was a beautiful kick from watching it on replay a couple of times. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a helmet go that far if, if someone hasn't been dismissed. I've seen it go <laughs> if someone's got out and a helmet's got got dispatched 35 metres, but never while someone was just batting. It was pretty impressive. I, I imagine the fact that you and Jake playing the same BBL team um, might help um, you know bury, bury the hatchet at some point, right? Yeah, definitely. I think it was all in, all in good fun. He was pretty calm afterwards. Um, it's just a bit, everyone was just a bit rattled that it actually happened. So yeah, it was all good fun. Very good, mate. Um, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, your, your great shield form, I guess, that's kind of, um, or your consistent shield form, I should say, you know, that's kind of gotten you this, this opportunity with Australia A playing against the England Lions next week uh, in that match that, that kind of coincides with the first test. Um, how, uh, I guess, how proud of were you to, to kind of get that call up, mate? Yeah, I was really surprised actually. Um, mm. I wasn't, wasn't thinking about it at all. I was, I remember two years ago seeing that there might be a one or two years ago, seeing there might be a second an Australia A game same time. I was like, Oh, that'd be pretty cool to, to play in. And then I was just, 
um, coming back and, and trying to trying to win games and score runs at, at five for Queensland. So didn't really think it was was going to happen, but it's um, nice to be back around. Um, I'm feeling really good about my batting at the moment, which is ultimately the main thing. I think my mental space as well has been the probably the biggest of um, things that I've enjoyed over the last year is having that mental health um, sort of come back. Yeah, I mean, you spoke really beautifully to, to Martin Smith about some of the challenges you faced um, a year or two ago. Um, and you spoke about losing the love of cricket and, and mental fatigue. Um, it, it was really brave of you to do that, Matt. Do you, yeah, I, I guess you're kind of saying there that you feel like you can manage those aspects of the game a little bit better now. Yeah, definitely. I think for for me, I'm always trying to trying to do well, and at times, I think it it was I was trying too hard to to perform, and and it was all about the runs rather than how I was batting and. I think that's probably the big part that I've learned is just to enjoy it. Um, you look at most guys' records, um, like Tendulkar scored 50 test hundreds in 200 tests. So one out of four tests, he's missing out. So that's sort of where you've got to sort of think of things. You're not going to get hundreds every game. You're not going to do well every game. And and that's the part you just got to try and get a bit more consistent throughout. And I went back and, and just trained and, and try to, try to, try to work on my batting and, and different parts of my batting that I probably thought were were reasons why I was getting out. And I think that sort of gave me another sort of win to enjoy, um, enjoy the process of getting better, which is what we, we start playing cricket for. We start trying to, trying to enjoy it. And, and then when things take over about selections and all the stuff you can't control, that's when we, we struggle. And I know a lot of people have sort of said that in the, last couple of years since the um, since mental health has sort of come out to the forefront. And, and for me, it was a important step where I just needed to take a break. And I know some people might not have agreed with that, but that was, that was a big part for me to, mm. to go um, and refresh. And it's funny because COVID happened a month later. So I had a big break at home anyway for <laughs> six months through COVID, but at the time, it was just not an enjoyable thing for me to do and I needed to take a step back. And so now you have moved down the order in all three formats and performing really consistently there. How did that move down the order, I guess, come about? And did it feel like a demotion at the time or was it a, a tactical thing? Um, yeah, it probably did feel like a demotion. But I think if you look at our Shield team, we've got um, Joe Burns played was playing test cricket at the time. Manus at number three. Bryce Street, who had an unbelievable start, and he's going so well for us in Queensland at the top of the order. And Usman Kawaja as well, who wanted to try and get back into that test squad, which he's done now. But it's it's sort of a numbers game. Sort of four four don't fit into two or three, so five doesn't fit into two or three either. So people have to bat in different spots, and I think that's what's made our our shield team successful as we've got, if you include Jimmy Pearson, who's batting at six, all six of us have opened the batting for Queensland or Australia. So I think we, we all know the, the job that we can, can do. And it's just, there was only one spot really for me to go in and, and get back in the shield team. And that was number five. So I wasn't going to say no to that. Um, hopefully in the future, I'll get back to a bit higher in the order, but, at the moment, my, my job is just to go out there at five and if we're three for eight, which we were against WA, or three for 208, which we've been a couple <laughs> of times this se- in the last couple of seasons, it's just about 
batting and, and working out the, the best process out there. And do you feel like your opening skills actually help you down at number five? I was interested to hear um, what George Bailey uh, said a couple of days ago. Uh, he noted that, um, you know, your, your skill against a new ball had come in handy when I think you faced the second new ball in that 120 you made in Townsville. Um, yeah, so do you kind of feel like it, that that really helps you? Yeah, definitely. When you come out at the, I think I faced maybe the fourth ball of the second new in Townsville. Um, so it's, Basically opening, you've just got to wait 80 overs to do it, um, which is the that's the toughest part of the change. Um, waiting to bat, I've I've really I think that's the biggest part I've struggled with is just sitting there as someone who likes to get things done quickly. That's why I was opened as a kid because I could just go out there and bat and bat for as long as I can. But oh, it's been tough. I've I've learned a lot though. I've I found out how cranes get made. Um, trying to work out different things. Like we were sitting at the Gabba one day. I was like, how do cranes get made? And then I just like looked it up and. Yeah, it's it's interesting what you what you find out when you're batting at five, and you just got to wait to bat. How do I think I reckon Josh and I were about to ask the exact same question? How do get cranes get made, mate? So they they get made. They they start at the bottom with the head, and then they slowly just lift up, like they build up and up and up. Because I, I was saying, like you never see cranes actually get made; they're just there one day. No, you're right. Yeah. It's a bit like those, um, you know, you know, those tunnel boring machines, uh, we're, we're getting a bit off topic, but that's okay. I think for a, a podcast, um, those really expensive tunnel boring machines, I think they actually named one after Meg Lanning. So there's a bit of a cricket connection, um, in some of the Metro tunnel works they're doing in Melbourne and they're these billion dollar pieces of equipment. And when they're done with them, Josh, uh, they, uh, they just leave them down there because they, they cost too much money to get back out. Really? I did yeah. not know that. No, well, I mean, if you're, if you're batting at number five anytime soon, mate, I'd, uh, I'd recommend having, yeah. a, having a look at how that happens. Yeah, definitely. I think that's probably the, the next thing for me to look up is, is how um, tunnel boring <laughs> machines get made. <laughs> Matt, if we can just jump back to the cricket just for one moment. Uh, my question was going to be, um, how, are you, how are you when you're waiting to bat? Because uh, you've never done it that much. Are you a nervous waiter or are you someone like Jacques Callis who could sleep before you, you bat? How do you sort of uh, approach it all? Um, I, I, I can't sleep, um, unfortunately. Um, I'm generally pretty good. Um, I think there's times where you have a lot of mental energy wasted while you're waiting to bat. Like there's times where you're watching the game live, then you look up at the screen, watch the ball, and it's back to, I think that that's where I've got a, like I've gotten a lot better at just sort of relaxing. I've, I do Sudokus here and there and then just talk pump um, with some of the other boys. It's always good. Um, there's some guys who like Joe Burns, when he gets out, he always, always shows a little bit of drama and he's always good to talk to. He's, he's good fun to talk to, but um, I think, yeah, just talking, talking some pump. Um, sometimes it can be really uncomfortable chairs though. That's the only, only thing I have. Like you're sitting on an uncomfortable chair before you've got a bat. And, um, it's always tough. Especially as a taller guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Talking pump must be a, uh, a very Brisbane, Queensland saying, I can't say I've heard that one before, mate. <laughs> uh, I've heard plenty of pump talk in my, yeah. in my time. <laughs> just um, just touching on on something you kind of said before, I guess about um, you know, now you've played Test cricket, and, and you know it's obviously I imagine a goal of yours to to get back. It, it's a funny lot being a domestic cricketer, isn't it? Because you're playing at a very high level of cricket, yet people are always going to ask you 
um, about the level above. I mean, if you you think about AFL players and, you know, no one's ever asking, you know, are they planning, what are they thinking about when they make the All-Australian team or something like that? Have you, you, you mentioned that that was a little bit difficult. Yeah, can you just kind of talk to us about that? Yeah, I think, like, obviously when you're, when you're going through cricket, there's the, you play club cricket and you're at the start of your club career, you're probably just thinking about keeping your spot in first grade. And then um, you make the Queensland team and you're, you're thinking about literally just trying to stay in that Queensland team as long, long as possible. You're not thinking about scoring runs for anything else apart from that. And then I think I was probably fortunate. I My rise was pretty quick in, into the Aussie team. I didn't have to think too much about, like being on tours and being 12th man, like you see a lot of guys doing now is sort of one week playing club cricket, the next playing test cricket. So it, it was so quick for me that I never had that thought of playing test cricket. I was never like, oh, if I score runs here, I'm mm. going to play test cricket because it never happened for me. Whereas after I got dropped, um, it was always about, oh, if I score runs here, I can play test cricket. But um, then I ended up being dropped from the Queensland team and, and it was, you're a long way from the, from the test team then. So, um, that was probably the part where I've gone, okay, take a step back. Why are you playing cricket? And I had some really good conversations with some key people around uh, about why I'm playing cricket and, and what's it for. And it was, it all, all came back to that enjoyment and, and scoring runs for, for the fun rather than for what might happen, which, you can't control. Um, and that was the big part. I, I went out there and uh, I was batting five and it was just, it was a completely new game for me. And, and that was the challenge that I probably needed at that time. Um, I was, wasn't going out there to score runs and, and make the test team. It was just, you're batting at five, you you come in at three for whatever and, uh, and working on that and, and trying to, you could be three for eight, as I said, and, and try and grind back a position or accelerate from three for 200 or something. And, and that was the the fun of the game. It was that, that fun was back of, Oh, I'm in a challenge here. I'm facing Jai Richardson, Mitchell Stark, and I've got to, got to keep this momentum going that my team has worked so hard for at the start to, to win a, win a fixture as well. And, and it came back to that, to facing the bowler and going, how is the bowler going to get me out? Okay, I need to bat like this rather than I think over time I've just gone, okay, I'm batting this way and this way only. But I, you bat differently to Nathan Lyon compared to Mitchell Stark. And and that's the the great part of the game is when you think like that, it, it becomes sort of like a game of chess. So given all that, we have to ask you the question, do you feel like you would be better prepared if you if you got another crack in the test team? I think definitely it would be would be better prepared. I think you don't I don't have that naivety of what you do when you play as a 20-year-old. As a 20-year-old, everything's coming at you thick and fast. You're just enjoying it. You're just rolling with the punches of what it is. And and then you come through the the tough patches. And I think that's where your game really accelerates and, and changes. I think my game has gone through a lot of different changes over five five years of te- since my test debut. Um but I definitely feel like my probably mainly my mental state would be in a better spot now. But also I think the technique and the technical changes that I've made over the last couple of years have been uh, really important to that as well. Reese Hyamis, Hyamis, quick guess! Well done, Matt Renshaw. Maiden Test 100. Now, the Big Bash starts on Sunday and you're probably not in that mind frame just yet, but what can we expect from the strikers this year and have you been working on any new deliveries for when you take the new ball? 
one that turns maybe. Um, no, I think with the with the strikers, I think we're missing a few guys um, for this Aussie Australia A stuff. Um, so it'll be important for the guys who are there to sort of stand up. Um, I think we missed three games. I'm not sure on the entire schedule, but I'm really looking forward to being back with the strikers, obviously finishing fifth last year and, and getting knocked out in that eliminator or whatever they, they changed the name to. Um, last year at Brisbane was sort of a, a tough bill to swallow at the end of the season. But um, I think the, the group that we have is very similar. We've got a couple of new additions. Um, really excited for George Garton to come over. I faced, faced a little bit of him in county cricket um, when I was over there and he bowls quite quick left armers and, and can whack him as well. So excited to see him and obviously Rashid Khan. Um, we all know what he's capable of and, and hopefully he can um, take a few more wickets for us and, and hit a few more helicopter sixes. And he's got a few, uh, he's got a few, he's got a, a new leg spinning partner as well. Yeah, Fawad Ahmed, and I'm really excited for that. Um, faced him a, a fair bit over the, the years in Shield cricket and one day cricket. And um, I'm really, I, I was quite surprised when I saw that no one was trying to to get him. And then hmm. when I found out we'd got him, I was pretty pumped for that. Um, it'll be nice to see the, the two leg spinners go at it. And, um and hopefully bamboozle a couple of players. It's been uh, it's been wonderful chatting to you, Matt. We uh, we touched on some territory we we didn't think we'd get to some um, tunnel boring and and turf, uh, but uh, it's been very enjoyable. Uh, definitely definitely a favourite of the uh, of the unplayable podcast, mate. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Matt. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.